You're listening to Rock, Pop, and Roll. Welcome to Rock, Pop, and Roll. The great Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee passed away uh, when we recorded this. It was a Friday. We're on a Sunday. And uh, I wrote some stuff down. We're going to do in honor of Sun Records and, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Recording this, no edits. We're going to just let it roll, let it rip. Mixing on the fly. Rock, pop, and roll. The podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob. Jerry Lee Lewis, man. Jerry Lee Lewis led one of the originals, right? One of those Sun Studio, um, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins. That group back with Little Richard, Chuck Berry. Those are his contemporaries, right? So I wanted to just let's just talk about it, and I and I, I got some cuts to to play and listen. And it was uh, it was interesting to to do the uh, deep dive into some of Jerry Lee Lewis's stuff. You know, we all know the whole lot of shaking going on, the great balls of fire. Uh, but there was he 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 recorded and recorded and recorded, became a big country artist bit forgotten was just just in 2022 inducted into the country music hall of fame did it before he passed away chris christopherson took him his his award jerry lee was in bed and said he had the flu it it turned out i I believe he passed away from pneumonia his first recordings were back in 1956 sun records in memphis tennessee he went in and recorded a, a thing called crazy arms which uh, the interesting piece was it was a, a bit of an audition, but label owner Sam Phillips, the great Sam Phillips, was not there. So Cowboy Jack Clement, the legendary one, recorded Lewis's rendition of Crazy Arms, the Ray Price song. And it became a hit. Jerry Lee, he kept recording at, at Sun Records, Sun Studios, late 56, early 57. He was playing on some other people's records. He was he, You can hear him on Carl Perkins' great uh, song called Matchbox. He played on uh, the Billy Lee Riley Flying Saucers Rock and Roll uh, and others. Sun Records, time-stamped, that recording sound, time-stamped with the sound of that studio and that time country and rock and roll tripping over each other 57 was when jerry lee lewis hit big on his own 57 he had a whole lot of shaking going on shot him worldwide he followed this with great balls of fire breathless high school confidential in the in the space of well april 1957 until may of 1958 so just a little over a year you've got those four back to back to back to back yes, I say, 
the great part of this song, the part I love, is where he breaks it down at the end. Takes it down low. All you gotta do, honey, is kind of stand in one spot. Wiggle around just a little bit. And that's when you got yeah. I mean, that's Jerry Lee Lewis. We'll, we'll, we'll sass and bring it Talk, hey, hey, you noticed how he talked about himself in the third person, talking about the killer. I mean, that's part of his mystique. These records are just a bunch of two and a half minute rocket blasts of rock and roll and soul, and always a bit of the church involved in whatever Jerry Lee Lewis was doing. That was the dichotomy that would come out right now. It was it was just rock and roll. As a high school confidential, that was the fourth of those four in a row. And, and, it, and you know, Jerry Lee Lewis, if you're going to talk about him, there's that other side, right? The wives and the, the deaths in his family and the the demons of Jerry Lee Lewis. And that would come out not long after this came out. We'll touch on that in a minute. And as we go through this podcast, touch on those things that, how do you, how do you, how do you um, reconcile an artist like this, the sides of the artist? But first, I want to go to 1964. There's a live album that he put out called Live at the Star Club in Hamburg, Germany. It's one of the best uh, rock and roll albums ever. Ever. Fire. Great sound for 1964. Think of the uh, any great early mid, early to mid 1960s live records. Not many. Truly great. James Brown at the Apollo. Rolling Stone magazine said live at the Star Club, Hamburg is not an album. It's a crime scene, said Rolling Stone. Jerry Lee Lewis's 13 song set feels like one long convulsion. <laughs> the recording set up there was simple. Uh, I looked up, you know, why I listened to it. And I'm like, man, that sounds good. Microphones are placed, they say, as close to the instruments as possible in a stereo mic was placed in the audience to capture their sound. This is from that recording, that album. I mean, for 1964, that sound, that to be that clean, that was brilliant. Live at the Star Club Hamburg. If you've got Spotify, check that out. Go find, go find that and listen to it. I wasn't hyper familiar with it by any means. 
But that's what I'm saying. When I went back to do some research, there's just some stuff that, that I found that I'm, oh, that's so good. Didn't know about it. 64, that's when the Beatles came to America. Lewis had been, well, in 58, that's when his world, he went from making a ton of money, being a big star, to not because of that, his uh, marriage to a 13-year-old cousin, Myra Gale Brown, that uh, maybe you could say never recovered from it. Always part of his legend and his legacy. But he kept recording. 1960, uh, Sam Phillips, who had who was working at Sun Studios, opened a new studio in Memphis. So he left uh, the Union Avenue studio where he had recorded artists like Johnny Cash and Elvis and Roy Orbison and Carl Perkins and opened a, a Sam Phillips studio. Still owned by the Sam Phillips family. It's a, it's still an analog 24 track uh, recording studio. His son Knox Phillips oversaw the studio until he died in uh, April of 2020. So that's still there. That studio owned by Sam Phillips is still there. Sam Phillips recording. He also had a studio he had for a while in Nashville, and that's where Lewis recorded his only major hit in that early 60s time frame when he, uh, when he cut Ray Charles' What I'd Say. Mm, see the girl with the red dress on She do the boogie-woogie all night long All right so it was a struggle for Jerry Lee, as you would expect. So he had that that starburst, that explosion, and, and then the trouble. And he kept working. Kind of had some hits. Not really, but a little bit. Kept working. And then he left Sun Recording in 1963. He joined a, a record label called a Smash Records, which was a subsidiary of Mercury, and that's where uh, he he made uh, some rock recordings with them. But what turned the corner for Jerry Lee Lewis was he went to it was country music is is the place that was his refuge for uh, 10, 15 years. He recorded a song called Another Place, Another Time. And that was his rebirth. I mean, there was there was stuff with Smash Records, and we're going to go listen to a few things, some Memphis stuff that he did. They just couldn't figure out what to do with him, but this was 1968, and uh, he thought he was going to be dropped from the label. So they, But somebody brought him a song and said, hey, record this, and, and it was a hit. He was amazed. Everybody was amazed that it was a hit. He recorded other hits, other country songs. He had 17 top 10 hits. He had four number one singles. One of his big hard country hits. She still comes around. A model husband, although I'd like to be. But payday nights and painted women, they do strange things to me. <laughs> but we 
I mean, country wasn't that far away from the rock and roll that he was doing because he was doing rockabilly. He was he had some country in his rock, right? This is this is country. She still comes around to love what's left of me. Four number ones he did. A signature song, What Made Milwaukee Famous, is a big hit. It's late and she's waiting, and I know I should go home. This is Rock, Pop, and Roll, the podcast. Rick Bragg, who wrote Jerry Lee Lewis's uh, biography, said that the songs that Lewis was recording here were kind of... That's what they were starting to call hard country, not because it had a rock beat or crossed over into rock in any real way, he said, or he wrote, but because it was more substantial than the overproduced mess that was out there on country radio at the time. I mean, he's playing hard, classic country, singing every bit as well as George Jones had that kind of presence. She says love and happiness. Rock, pop, and roll. We're looking back at the uh, some of the stuff, some of the output of uh, the great Jerry Lee Lewis. He played the Grand Ole Opry only one time, 1973, January 20th of 1973. Only played it one time. Why would Jerry Lee Lewis only play it one time? Well, you might be able to guess he caused trouble. He, he opened with his 1968 comeback single that we heard, Another Place, Another Time. He ignored all of the time constraints. Usually uh, they play for like, what, 10 minutes, a couple of songs, stage time. He played for 40 minutes, blasted through a whole bunch of his hits, a whole lot of shaking going on. Good golly, Miss Molly pulled out the uh, working man blues. Sang a little bit of them working man blues. Yeah. Well, I keep my nose on the grindstone I work hard every day I might get a little drunk on the weekend After I draw my bay, I'll go back working yeah. As long as these two hands are fit to you Lord, child I drink my whiskey Jerry Lee Play a little instrumental Yeah, I love to always talk to the band Love, I love that piece of it 1986, Jerry Lee Lewis was one of the uh, inaugural inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was uh, he was a bit frail at that time, but he uh, also is credited with, even though he didn't feel well, he had been in the hospital, had some stomach problems in 86. Uh, they say he's responsible, though, for beginning the, the jam session at the end of the evening. It eventually was incorporated into all the other induction ceremonies this is the thing that that, that kicked it off was him getting behind the piano and getting everybody into a little weenie
Jerry Lee kept playing music, man. He, he recorded every few years. He's laid low since 2019. He'd had a stroke. In 2022, he put out a gospel album uh, with his cousin, Jimmy Swagger, was released. Called The Boys from Faraday. His, his final studio album on his own, 41 albums, was the output of Jerry Lee Lewis, Rock and Roll Time. Came out in 2014. This is Rock, Pop, and Roll. I'm Rob. Thanks for tuning in to the uh, to the podcast, looking back at the life, some of the cracks and uh, alleyways that Jerry Lee Lewis went down in addition to the main road with great balls of fire and breathless and the rest of the hits. To say trust the art and not the artist, I, I tell people that. They say, hey, did you hear about, uh, I try to try, it's tough though with Jerry Lee Lewis, all, everything, what kind of person was he, can you like the music, and it, you got to come to your own conclusion, and, and within yourself, figure out, yeah, can I like Jerry Lee Lewis, can I respect that music with everything else that's going on in his life, and and all that happened, trust the art, not the artist, and that's where I go with it. I got to do it with Jerry Lee, Seven Wives. Yeah, that was part of the mystique, part of the mystery, all the stuff that went on in his life. The chaos that whipped around the whole thing. The boogie-woogie, nobody-done-this-before attitude of rock and roll. He did that better than anybody. His real skill that I came to find or figure out, besides being a showman and a pounding piano player and a, and a shouter, like the best of them, his real skill is he could hijack a hit from anyone. Take a song that seemed to belong to a hit maker, and Jerry Lee Lewis could swipe it, take it, put his stamp on it. The song became killered. And much of the time, the, the why, why it worked, his twist gave that song a new side an addition of of appreciation. He did it with songs like Sweet Little 16, Good Rockin' Tonight, Blue Suede Shoes, a reimagined uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken is so fantastic. And he did a version of Bebopalula as a, as a slower, more grinding, nastier with a great gospel organ, gluing that thing all together. His vocals and piano with the with the band. Who was that? Gene Vincent did that, right? And Jerry just spins it, just twists it, puts it into the shadows a little bit <laughs> uh, and makes it his own. Later stuff, like his, uh, he had a 2006 album called Last Man Standing that was like a duet record. Probably the last album that he sounded and, and it felt good to listen to, at least in spots. He had duets on it. Fogarty. On traveling band, he he was with Jimmy Page, and they did Led Zeppelin's Rock and Roll. Not all the records inspiring, but there's there's enough of a spark there to to cause a little bit of a 
of a rock and roll fiery is Springsteen with Pink Cadillac. Yes, Jerry Lee. At the end of that thing, he uh, he has a little bit of, of an aside. Slide that seed back. Let me show you a trick. Let me see if I can find that there at the end of that song. See where he says that. There it was. Right there. Of course you will, Jerry Lee. Of course you will. But I think uh, Jerry Lee Lewis was was probably the best when he was driving the train. There's lots of duet album collaborations, especially in that later part of his career. Even his solo later records were toughened up by guitars and drums, and and I'm not I'm not real sure that it was better. Jerry Lee Lewis was piano and and voice. But he did have some vibe that he got from Memphis on a couple of different records. In 1966, when he was still with Smash, he released an album in May of that year that didn't go very far. 145 on the Billboard album chart. I like the albums. The thing called Memphis Beat. getting uh, some of his gospel boogie-woogie roots together with this one. Well, people come and and swimming. Not that different from his early stuff, but you can tell that the band is driving him a little bit, recorded a little bit cleaner. He had also an album that I liked even better. Uh, it was called Southern Roots Back Home in memphis in uh, his biography that same rick bragg that we quoted before he said lewis was in a bad mood when he showed up in memphis to record this album southern roots he said uh, rick said during the sessions jerry lee threatened to kill a photographer and drank and medicated his way into a fog couldn't get out of that fog but you listen to it that edge teamed with the guys he was recording with on that record Stax record house band. Booker T wasn't there, but Steve Cropper played on it. Al Jackson, Donald Duck Dunn. Carl Perkins was on it. Tony Joe White, the Memphis Horns. Uh, he, he did a great version of uh, Sam and Dave. Hold on, I'm coming. There's another one from that record called Just a Little Bit. Every bit as good as that. Hold on, I'm coming. 
there you go. The Memphis side, Jerry Lee. So he had, he had the country, he had the he had the soul, he had the gospel. He had, it was that piano and that voice, though. It was recorded in a way that it sounded like, um, you know, low light, AM radio, rock and roll, smoke. Always with Jerry Lee Lewis, sounded like the underlying idea that a fight might break out. Little Richard, Elvis, Fats Domino, Carl Perkins, Chuck Berry, that crew, Jerry Lee Lewis was there. He was not just a part of it. He ended up leading it, just as others like Elvis and Chuck led it too. Eventually, they all headed in the direction that they would. Berry with his poetry and his Berry riffs, Elvis with his sultry sex and his hips, the movies, the music in Vegas, and the Elvis charisma. Lewis was trouble. We knew it. He knew it. An invitation to come on over here and show the killer how it's done. Or to stand back and stand up and just watch the killer show you how rock and roll was done in a box filled with gospel roots, country music, piano boogie woogie rock and roll, fire, preaching, loving, sexing, edge of explosion rock and roll. That was Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis is that link to the, to the bomb that went off that was the start of, of rock and roll. He was there. Jerry Lee, thanks for tuning in to Rock, Pop, and Roll. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you next time as we head out with a little bit of the, we talked about that church side, that gospel side. Let's head on out with that. Song called Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. The church, the religion of Jerry Lee Lewis. This is Rock, Pop, and Roll. I'm Rob. Be good to each other. Oh, Jesus.